Here at Just Baseball, we have teamed up with BetMGM for the 2023 MLB season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code JUSTBASEBALL, and you will get up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Step number one, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Step number two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Step number three, you will receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,000 first bet offer today. Just Baseball Show is presented by BetMGM. Use promo code JustBaseball, all caps, one word, at sign up and start betting with the king of sportsbooks. I want to talk about that doozy in Omaha between LSU and Florida, or between LSU and Wake Forest last night that sets up LSU and Florida in the championship series starting this weekend. I uh, also want to circle back on Gavin Williams' big league debut and, and what that could mean moving forward. Uh, games of the weekend, obviously, and Shohei Otani's nuts. We got to talk about that. Jack McMullen, no Peter Apple, no Arm Layton. Managing editor at JustBaseball.com, Ryan Finkelstein, coming out of the pen, throwing 102 with a ton of arm side run. Absolute gas. I told Arm to go do... Uh, like the Ted Lasso stuff. He, he's in London for the London series. I was like, go see the pub or anything. I don't think he's seen Ted Lasso. Are you a no, Ted Lasso guy? I'm I'm not yet. It's been on my list forever. I also got to say, and you know, maybe this is not the best place to, to start my appearance, but when you said we're going to talk about Shohei Otani is nuts, I just heard we're going to talk about Shohei Otani's nuts. That's fine. I'm happy to talk about either because I'm sure he has some big nuts the way he plays baseball. You know, I appreciate that energy. You know, yeah. I appreciate it pre-noon and it's 920 in the morning. So um, I, I love that you brought that up right away. So, yeah, we'll spend the first half hour of this show talking about Shohei Otani's nuts and then the last 20 minutes about Shohei Otani being nuts. So okay. that sounds cool. great. Um, I, dude. I wanted to talk about LSU wake off the top, and it's not yeah. often that a big league show is going to lead with college baseball. We've done a lot of that conversation. I mean, we did the Omaha preview with Peter Flaherty last week, but the reason I want to bring this up is like, 
everybody was attached to that game. For me, I was so like I call a game every night, right? I'm calling a game. It started at 705. There are things that I keep tabs on during games. Typically, it's the pirate score. I'll do that. And then it's the big thing in sports. And the NBA draft was last night. The Pacers were picking seventh. I work for the Indianapolis Indians. So I'm, you know, I'm keeping tabs on that. I personally am a huge NBA draft guy too. I was fascinated by pick two. I didn't know if they were going to go Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson at two. Um, Ended up going Brandon Miller. I like that pick. But the other thing that I was keeping tabs on and like consistently updating on was LSU Wake Forest because it was winner goes to the College World Series Championship Series against Florida. Scoreless until the bottom of the 11th and Tommy White, nicknamed Tommy Tanks, hits a tank for RBIs 99 and 100 on the year in a college baseball season to win this game 2-0 in 11. I thought that was as good of a heavyweight fight as we've had in baseball this year. Notice I didn't say college baseball. In baseball. That was like game of the year, I think, regardless of level that we watched. Well, it's games with stakes, right? You know, we, we still haven't gotten games with stakes yet at the MLB level. I'm sure we'll get some great games in October. But you know, I was watching uh, the draft last night. I was not keyed into this, but I know that I was coming on the show. We're going to talk about it, So I just watched the full game highlights. The defense in this game was insane. Like there was so many. In the, and then the pitching matchup with, with Skeens and Louder, two guys that I guess are, are looking like top 10 prospects or top 10 draft picks this year. Like, man, it, it's it's got me to the point. I'm like, I think I have to watch the, this final now between LSU and Florida because that was some great baseball. And I'm, I'm actually upset with myself that I wasn't catching it live last night. Dude, so that, that Trey Morgan play, that that bunt where the first baseman, yeah. Trey Morgan, is coming in and he's shoveling. That was like the Jeter shuffle to the plate. I mean, dude, in that moment, in a nothing-nothing game against the number one team in America, like that was utterly insane. I want to start with the pitching matchup here, and then I want to get to some big picture LSU things here. Um, Skeens and Louder lived up to the hype. And we talk about it so often, and I talk about it with my broadcast partner in Indy so often. Like a, a matchup can look excellent on paper. How does that game shake out? Yeah. That shook out exactly how everybody was expecting. Red Louder, seven innings of three hit shutout ball on 88 pitches. Skeens. Eight innings of two-hit shutout ball, nine Ks and a walk. He threw 120 pitches again. Holy hell. This was a dude-off, if I've ever seen it. Thatcher Hurd, another transfer. That guy, he threw three innings out of the pen in replacement of Skeens. It was three innings of one-hit shutout ball in 47 pitches. I mean, it was utterly incredible to see two guys build one as the best pitching prospect since Steven Strasburg, the other viewed as a consensus top 10 pick as an arm in Rhett Lauder. And they both did not crumble under the brightest lights that college baseball has to offer. I mean, that viewership might've been better than what you see in the championship series between LSU and Florida. I'm not sure. I think it's going to be a heavyweight fight again between LSU and Florida, but dude, I mean, for those two guys, you know how hard this game is. You watch it every fucking night. You watch the Mets struggle every night at this point. Like this game is impossible. And for those two arms to do what they did last night is, is impressive. And 
only has to elevate their draft stock. Looking in complete command, and, and that means Skeens, that dude is massive. Like, Freak. Is, is this a guy that could be in the show like next year? I'm yes. Not. So th- that's the thing, man. Like I made the crazy take, uh, I want to say on Monday after Skeens' last weekend performance, that I don't see any glaring differences between Skeens and Hunter Green right now. Yeah, that's a good comp. That's a good comp. Could I mean, a team draft him and, and put him out of the bullpen in, in like, like September this year? I mean, it's it, it, obviously that wouldn't happen, but still, it, it's pretty crazy just to see the makeup. Like, he looks unbelievable. No, unbelievable. It, we, we were having this conversation with, with Walker Bueller, too, and he was like, I guess the last guy to, to bypass the minor leagues entirely was Mike Leake. Um, you know, there were some. There were some really weird circumstances for Garrett Crochet to do it. Crochet hopped into a big league bullpen without any minor league experience, but that was, you know, 2020, everything was kind of screwed up. And, you know, he was drafted as a starter in the first round. He's now a bullpen arm, all that stuff. But yeah, man, I mean, Skeens could be the closest one to do it. Like, I think there's a world where Paul Skeens is two starts in high A, two starts in double, two starts in triple. And he's there making his big league debut at the end of this year, which is nice. My my last takeaway from this game, and then we'll jump back into big league stuff, is LSU has mastered the art of name, image, and likeness. And, and this is getting into a little bit more of the overarching college sports conversation. Um, that's my winter job. I've been with you know Ball State. I love working in college sports. I was calling college sports when I was at Syracuse. I'm fascinated by it. Um, and LSU in this new frontier has not shied away from putting money out up front to get money in return. Think about the amount of jello shots that have been bought at that bar in Omaha so far this year. Yeah. Like Tommy White got a bag to come. Tommy White, the NC State transfer, Tommy Tanks, again, a hundred rippies in his sophomore season with LSU. And he hits that walk-off two-run tank. Thatcher Hurd threw three innings out of the pen. That's a UCLA transfer. Paul Skeens, an Air Force transfer. They're IDing guys in the portal. They're promising, you know, the, this opportunity to benefit from big program, always playing on national television. And there's probably some NIL money attached to that, and they're thriving. And, and I. I immediately draw the comparison to their women's basketball team who just won the national championship. Angel Reese is taken off as a star in the college sports sphere. She was a Maryland transfer. What do they do after they win the national championship? They go and grab this girl, Haley Van Lith from Louisville, who's one of the better players in the country. Like NIL can really help and they can turn those programs that generate slight revenue into programs that generate massive revenue. Obviously, they're not going to hold a candle to football or, you know, men's basketball with the NCAA tournament. Like, that's a huge cash cow. College baseball, you have the opportunity to make a good bit of money or an excellent amount of money. Women's basketball, you have the opportunity to make a good bit of money or an excellent amount of money. And I think LSU has ID'd the two programs on campus that I I think can turn into serious cash cows for them. And they already have a couple (laughs) in the other ones, obviously, LSU football you know, probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest cash cow you're going to get, you know, in college football as well. So it's look, NIL changes everything. I mean, it's, it's taking the stuff that was in the shadows and, and brings it out into the forefront. And I feel like it's just kind of even in some ways it can kind of widen 
um, a gap that was maybe already there when it comes to bringing in talent. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. All right, jump into big leagues here real quick. I think Florida's going to win the College World Series. Um, I think their pitching lines up. Skeens through 120 pitches again. Um, if they get to Game Three, it's probably Skeens and Caglione matching up, and I like Skeens in that one. But uh, Sprout in Game One and Hurston Waldrip in Game Two. I mean, it's one A and one B, and Caglione is like the clear three in that Florida rotation with Skeens like understandably so there's a massive drop off between Skeens and everybody else in that LSU rotation. So I, I do like Florida to win it. That's my take. We'll chat on Monday about that. Um, jumping to the bigs. I want to talk about Wednesday night. Gavin Williams made his major league debut for the guardians. Final line on Williams looks okay. Like not good. Five and two thirds, four hits, four earned four K's, three walks. He allowed a Homer. This came in a four-run third. Ryan Noda hit a three-run homer. All four hits against Williams came in that third inning. So two scoreless frames off the top, and then an inning in two-thirds, or two and two-thirds innings, uh, scoreless after the fact of that four-run third. Williams, I thought, looked good. I watched that thing from start to finish. And my, I, I guess the immediate question for me was, okay, Williams looks like he's going to be a mainstay in the Guardians rotation. You know what you have with Bybee. You know what you have with Logan Allen. And this is a conversation that you have had on who's better baseball. This might have cleared the runway for the Guardians to move off of Shane Bieber and get a great return. Absolutely. And one thing before I move to that, I just saw this quote from Bonella that I thought was so interesting. He says, obviously, it was catching him. And he says, there's an inning where there's a decision to be made. This is referring to after that inning where he gave it those runs. And he says, and that's either you submit to the pressure or you continue to compete. And I think we saw what Gavin is really made of. I mean, to to come off of, you know, your, your big league debut, you give up all those runs. That's a, a an opportunity where you can end up, you know, getting pulled after four. And he showed why the Guardians could potentially change J.B. because – this is a guy that could stick, and it's the reason why he was their top prospect. Look, at this point, I feel like, especially viewing the landscape, it'd be malpractice not to trade Shane Bieber at this point. For one, you have a pitcher that, oh, he's still a great starter. He's still going to eat up innings. He's still someone that a lot of teams will trade a lot for, but he's not Cy Young Shane Bieber. He's not quite the same. The stuff has ticked down a little bit, and you have so much depth in this spot to fill in and fill in way cheaper and I mean, he's the top arm available unless, unless you see, you know, I don't know, Max Scherzer be awesome over the next like month. And the Mets are selling, which I still don't think like yeah. what, what more high upside are, or Dylan Cease is available. There's not going to be a better arm up for grabs than Shane Bieber. And you can get a haul. Dude, I'll, I'll tell you at that price point and that age for Scherzer, I'm taking Scherzer in the, or I'm taking Bieber in this cut yeah. over Scherzer in this cut. Um, and, and Cease is an interesting conversation because I think they have identical um, service remaining. Like, I think they have identical years of control remaining. I think it's yeah. two and a half, um, maybe one and a half. I'll, I'll, I'll check that next. But um, <clears throat> my thing about Bieber is yes, like, he doesn't look like 2020 Cy Young Shane Bieber, but this guy with subdued stuff coming off of a shoulder issue in 21 has figured out a way to maximize what he's got now. And he's still a twos ERA guy. Like he's yeah. never going to be a threes because he's so good at pitching. 
I think this guy is one of the best pitchers in baseball, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Absolutely. Not necessarily the most arm talent in baseball, but this guy knows how to carve his way through seven. Um, this is a massive one. You mentioned best pitcher on the market, like by far, dude. The other names that are being floated right now are Marcus Stroman, Eduardo Rodriguez with an opt-out. Yeah. I want Bieber over both those guys in a heartbeat. And in a seller's market, you can get a massive return here. The McKenzie injury worries me a little bit. Like it's a UCL sprain. So it's not a tear, it's a sprain. But still, this is McKenzie who worked his way back from an injury right before opening day, came back, looked good for a moment, but then went back on the shelf. You're relying on three really young guys to front that rotation. Cal Quantrill looks like he'll make a rehab start uh, in AAA this week. But like Williams, Bybee, Allen, now granted, they've all been fun to watch and they've all shown flashes of, of good stuff. Like how comfortable do you have abandoning or how comfortable are you abandoning your frontline guy? I think the trade that makes sense for Bieber is you get big league bats in return. You get two of them. You get one guy that has established himself as a legitimate big league bat and you grab a triple A guy that is knocking on the door of being in the big leagues. That's my thought there. What do you think a package for Bieber looks like? You know, I, I was going over this on who's better, like you said. And the one thing I, I, I did just look it up. He's got a year left after this year. Bieber yep. does. Cease has two years. Okay. Um, so it, I don't know. You know, Cease would probably command more of a haul because of that. But I also don't think that the White Sox are moving him. I looked at the Orioles as a landing spot. And if you get, they have so many bats that are mashing in AAA that just can't find the booby roster right now. If you got a Westberg as kind of the, the headline in that type of a trade, a guy that, and it, it's one of those things I think with the guardians where you are, are at this point where if you're going to make a run this year, like, yes, you can win this division because the division's bad, but if you're going to make a run, you need to catch lightning in the, in the bottle anyway. So yes, you trade Bieber, your rotation gets a little bit thin. You're going to need all those young guys to be firing all cylinders anyway, to make a real run in the second half. And if you add a, a Jordan Westberg and you put him in and, and you play him at shortstop with, with Andres Jimenez and you know, you, you relegate Rosario, like all of a sudden, if Westberg's awesome in the second half, who knows what happens? And even if not, you get a, a middle infielder that's probably going to hit that can play all over for you eventually a, a piece that's really malleable that you'll have full control over uh, moving forward. And you're going to get more pieces back in that trade. You might be able to get two triple A bats. Um, you know, you, you can see that's, that's what the Orioles now there's a million Shane Bieber teams that you can call on too. Like, could you send Shane Bieber to the diamondbacks? That's a fun, a fun one. I don't know what you get back in that sense, but, Again, there's a lot of teams that could use a Shane Bieber where I, I just want to plug them on so many contenders and say, like, that's the third arm you guys needed to, to really contend this year. So I, I'm totally with you. The Diamondbacks, for me, it's like, what are they offering that that's helps the, the Guardians now? Is yeah. it Alec Thomas or Jake McCarthy? Okay, like, one of those guys kind of helps, but I think I would prefer a Kerstad or a Westberg over Alec Thomas or... or uh McCarthy at this point and then you need guys that are a little bit farther off here's one for you I love Baltimore I think Baltimore is the perfect spot for him Bieber to Baltimore for Westberg and Kerstad 
There so you, you get a guy that is mashing through double and triple. Looks like he's ready to go in the big leagues in Kerstad. That is a power corner outfield bat. You need more juice in this lineup. You're getting more juice. And you get a shortstop in Jordan Westbrook. You get, you know, a middle infielder. Dude, like, that's it would be hard to say no to. It's, it's honestly, I want it to happen so bad because Bieber in Baltimore, too, is perfect. It's, perfect. it's so perfect. It's, and Especially they with do, that fucking wall and left move back. I mean, they, nobody's they could do exactly what the Mariners just did. They can trade for him, get him on a nice contract. There's your ace. There, there's the rock in your rotation you can build around. I love it so much. I hope it happens. I just I, I don't know if, if the Orioles are gonna do it. Are they finally gonna swing a trade? They should. Like, there's so much traffic. It, Norfolk just won the International League first half by a country mile. Like, they are the best team by far in AAA at this point. If you're that good, like, trade from them. Because obviously you're really good at the big league level, too. So, yeah. I don't know, man. I think that they have a lot of traffic. They can move from places of surplus. And we've talked about it. The surplus in the infield. Move Westberg. I know you like him. I know you like Kerstad a lot. Like those are two places where you have a bunch of guys that can do a serviceable job. And if you can move one from each of those places of surplus to go and get an ace in baseball, I would go do it. That's my take. A guy uh, that can, you know, cover 180 plus innings for you over the next you know couple years. And if you extend them, you know, next five years, you could have a guy that you in a rotation where I don't remember the last time. When's the last time the Orioles had a starter? As good as Shane Bieber. Um, I'm not even gonna say means that one year. Like it, it's not recent. I'm like, I'm thinking like Mike Musina. Yeah, I, I have no I was, idea. I was gonna say Musina, but like I don't want to be a dick and go back that far. If there's something, I'm sure like there's one. Musina. I know, I know Ubaldo Jimenez. I had a good year there, but still, no, it, Ubaldo's it, good year was in Colorado. Was it? Yeah, I thought he had a good one in Baltimore. Yeah, he might have. I don't know. Ubaldo's one of the had one of the craziest careers. Dude, Ubaldo's front half of I want to say 2010, 2011 in Colorado when he was the all-star game starter. I mean, it was <laughs> okay. So was, so Ubaldo had one in Cleveland. Not he, he was pretty terrible in Baltimore, but he okay. had a, he had he had a three three ERA in Cleveland over 32 starts. I don't even remember him in Cleveland. It was I don't, in 2013. Dude, no, that, no recollection. It feels like a fever dream. Um no. There were a couple of guys that were like sneaky Baltimore Orioles at the end. And I was like, what the hell? Like I rub my eyes and I try to forget. Um, Ubaldo Jimenez, Giovanni Gallardo, I think was a Baltimore Oriole at a certain point. Derek Lee was a Baltimore Oriole. I think Vlad Guerrero was a Baltimore Oriole. Like it was so yeah. it was yeah. so weird seeing a bunch of those guys in, in Orioles uniforms. But I don't like want to be an asshole and go back to Mucina, but I might go back to Mucina now. I, and Bieber coming off of an injury shortened 2021 in which it was a shoulder thing. Like, it's not like it was a lower body thing. It was a shoulder. He threw 200 innings last year. (laughs) That's durable as shit, man. So, yeah, I I think with the volatility that they have already seen from Grayson Rodriguez, they need to look at Shane Bieber and say, okay, we've got a bedrock here, much like how the Mariners looked at Luis Castillo. I thought that was a great point. Yeah, 100%. Quick break to tell you about SoRare. Uh, It's changing the way that you can play fantasy baseball. It's like this blend of fantasy baseball and digital collectibles. 
Sign up, go to SoRare.com, draft your initial team for free. You've got a certain budget and you can spend that number of Ben Bellotti, our YouTube king, gave me some shit. He was like, what are these gems? I want gems. But like, they look like diamonds. And one guy's like a 20 diamond player. One guy's a six diamond player. And you have, I want to say like 120 diamonds that you can spend on uh, two starting pitchers, reliever, um, two outfielders, a, a corner infielder, and a catcher. So draft your team for free. Join our Just Baseball League. Kick my ass. I am in the gutter right now. Uh, and have some fun, win some prizes. We're giving away just baseball merch every week. Um, we're giving away MLB TV subscriptions as well. So rare is. So it's it's a fun-ass game, man. Are you in that league with us? I am. I drafted my team. I, I don't think I'm doing too well either. Yeah, that's okay. I like. That's my thing. I want to prove to people. like there, There's this so urge in me <laughs> to prove that I know ball. There's this urge to say, well, shit. People listen to me talk about baseball. I should probably show them that I know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I just read. <laughs> like That's it. I read much. I'm just that horrible guy in your fantasy league that picks too many Mets players, man. I don't know what to tell you. I just and, and are you I'm that guy. I'm that guy, Mets? man. Dude. I know I'm that guy and I'm, I'm openly that guy and it doesn't work out for me, particularly this season. Have you ever thought about growing up? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I have not. Look around me. <laughs> um i know a lot of people are are using the 20 gems immediately on shohei otani um understandably so and there was a really interesting point that i came across when i was doing game prep for uh the indie indian stuff and i do this date in baseball history with my broadcast partner every fifth inning and i'll go to baseball reference you know the br bullpen this day in baseball and on june 21 I was scrolling all the way down to the bottom because I I do kind of like looking at what, you know, I guess recent events that I remember clearly are part of this day in baseball history. And, you know, there was one at the beginning of the year, like, you know, this date in 2021, Key Brian Hayes hits, you know, go ahead Homer, but doesn't touch first base and, and he's called out. Like, I remember that vividly. But June 21, 2022, Shohei Otani has an eight RBI game against the Kansas City Royals. Next day, June 22nd, 2022, on the heels of an eight RBI game, Shohei Otani throws eight shutout innings and punches out 13 against the Kansas City Royals in a win. And then I was thinking about what I was just watching on Wednesday night in the freeway series. And Otani went seven innings, a one-run ball, struck out 12 in his first start against the Dodgers. And Wayne Randazzo, who does an excellent job, he and Mark Gubisha. Oh, I know you know Wayne. Uh, know Wayne. Yeah, that just clicked for me. Um, Wayne Randazzo and Mark Gubisha is an excellent tandem in the Angels TV booth. And Otani punched out Freddie Freeman in the first inning. And Wayne says, and Major League Baseball's home run leader strikes out Freddie Freeman. And Mark Gubisha says, I can't get over that whenever you say that. And I was like, I can't get over that either. This cat is nuts. So we can talk about his nuts now if you want. But he's he is something that is never before seen in any sport. And I, I just I can't help but like I can't formulate a take on him. I don't want to formulate a take on him. It's just the best thing that I've ever watched in the history of sports viewing for me. 
hundred percent. I took this week. I did an episode on it for who's better on Shohei, And I did an article on him. and the article was titled and the episode is titled basically, you know, is Shohei Otani now the best hitter in baseball? And now there's a big caveat. Aaron judge is sitting on the IL with a toe injury. And I think you could say that Aaron judge still owns that title, but really the point of the article was to look at Otani's career. And, and I think the conversation to see the best player is long over. We know that there's no dispute. Shohei Otani is the best player in baseball, yeah. but when's he going to be the best hitter or the best pitcher? And when's he just going to be both the best hitter and the best pitcher at the same time. And you look at his MVP season, he was much closer to being the best hitter than the best pitcher. You look at last year, he was maybe a top five pitcher in baseball, maybe a top 20, top 30 hitter this year. It's looking like a top hitter, but we all know that if Otani turns it on the way he did down the stretch last year, he can win a Cy Young. And at some point, whether it's this season, next season, at some point in the next five years, there's going to be a year where he's going to be the undisputed best hitter in baseball and the best pitcher at the same time. Yeah, I, that's so hard for me to wrap my head around because I, I thought Aram made an excellent point. I'm not sure if he made it on the air or we were just talking off the air, but Aram pretty much said about two-way guys, you have to make your big league debut twice. You have to be major league ready twice. The burden is almost greater for those guys. Um, and yes, you know, there were guys that abandoned the two-way thing early. Mason Wynn, I think about Bubba Chandler in, in the pirate system. I think about, you know, Brendan McKay was the last guy to truly debut and do both. But Otani, not only is he major league caliber in both, that would be an accomplishment in its own right. He's best pitcher in baseball caliber, best hitter in baseball caliber, which is, I mean, absolutely fucking nuts. And each of those guys... I think each of them is a $30 million player. Yeah. No. And, and there's a steady progression in both, right? Like you see Otani this year, he's striking out now like a 21% clip. Like his strikeouts are coming down. And, and there was a perfect at bat that I highlighted in the article against Zach Greinke, where Zach Greinke doesn't have the stuff he used to, but he's still got that computer brain, right? Yeah, so he's he, got everything in there. So he knows that the, the one pitch this year that Otani doesn't do well against and it's still incredible but comparatively is change ups and off speed his slug is at like 545 instead of That's like 660 yeah yeah it's 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 rough so he's he's going early with change ups and he's completely out of his own trying to get a strike first two pitches otani doesn't swing at okay so in the past maybe he chases one he doesn't so now he's sitting 2-0 you get two more pitches just outside of the zone that otani i think he fouls off both right so now Grinky's got him 2-2. He throws a completely uncompetitive fifth pitch way outside of the zone that Otani easily takes. So now he's full count. So he's like, all right, I finally got to throw a pitch in the zone. But he's pitching at Kaufman. He's pitched at Kaufman for a lot of his career. He knows it's kind of hard to hit a 70-mile-per-hour curveball out. He throws it, dots it at the bottom of the zone. But it got a little bit inside, and Otani barrels it. And as soon as it leaves the bat, Grinky just nods. Knows it's gone dead center and he hits it, you know, 400 plus feet out at Kaufman, which is again, really hard to do. It's the fact that he's going to get into those counts more and more where pitchers are trying to avoid him and they get him full with an empty base. And they're just like, all right, we'll try to throw him a strike and anything in the zone. He's going to leave the yard. It's, un- 
the just the, the feat of athleticism, the nuts on this guy. Yeah, it's just it's insane, man. It, it is you really have to just watch it and enjoy what we're getting to see. We we can open it to the contract thing again, but just staying on the field for a moment, I, the swing is like optimized in a way that very few swings are. The launch is there. The the ferocity with like the swing itself is there. I mean, the the early foot down, it's it's perfect. Everything he does is perfect. There's nothing that you know screams, oh, it's mechanically flawed, but he gets away with it because he's an athletic freak. Yeah, he's an athletic freak. Yeah, he's huge, underratedly huge. Yeah. But everything is mechanically perfect. This guy is, and I think a lot of people know the story about Otani, how ridiculously disciplined this guy is. Um, I mean, shit, they kind of turned it into like that that MLB The Show intro when he was the cover athlete in 22. Is the chart that he made, like he actually made a chart saying, I want to be the best player ever. Here's what I got to do to be as good as I think I can be. He is so regimented. He's so meticulous. And that in turn has created the perfect cyborg of baseball. Um, I just said it. I think he's a $30 million player in both. And I've been trying to rack my brain of how I would structure an approach to Shohei Otani if I was a general manager. Um, whether it's Perry Manassian in LA or somebody else. And the way I think I view it is nine years at about 57 per. So nine years, let me pull up the calculator real quick. Up, oh, do I not have it on my iPad? Like 486? No. Five nine years, nine years, 57 a piece. 57 times nine. 513, a nine year, $513 million deal. (laughs) And I don't even, I think he could even get more. I think he'd throw a 10th year on that easily and bump that to whatever, you know, 570. At 57, you think? (laughs) It's crazy, but it's it's possible. I mean, look, the, the thing too that I think is really interesting to watch is, you know, last year he got up to like 28 starts. Um, I think he's at 80 something innings. Like there's every chance that he might, I, th- I, I camera, I think last year was like 160 innings. Yeah. There's any chance that he might get over like 180, 190 this year when innings pitch as well. So if you're getting that type of a workhorse in your rotation, like you said, $30 million each way, it wouldn't even shock me if he got 60 a season. Like I, I don't, I, at this point, I don't think anything shocks me. I'm just going to be fascinated to see what the number is because the bidding war is going to get insane it'll be awesome it's going to be like get the popcorn ready this off season um dude like i don't know i just put these numbers in my calculator and i'm dumbfounded by by what we're looking at but you make an excellent point if the ops leader in major league baseball is giving you 180 innings on the mound in this climate in this the year of our lord 2023 i mean that's a 70 million dollar player at that point, and you have you have the Giants who have clean books to throw a yeah. crazy offer at him. So you have that's Steve Cohen in there too. That who's whether he goes to the Mets or not, he's going to drive the price. He'll drive the price. I'm not I, saying he's going to be with the Mets. I don't think he is. I just think that he's going to escalate that 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 bid. I I think that he probably wants to stay out west. But again, that's going to drive it more. The Angels, I, I don't know, man. It's crazy. The top. Dodgers, the Dodgers kind of cleaned the books for this too. Mm-hmm. Top three landing spots. Give me top three landing spots for him. I would probably say Giants, Dodgers, Angels. Giants, Dodgers, Angels. Okay, I'm going to replace 
the Dodgers with the Cubs. I'm going to go Giants, Angels, Cubs. Cubs don't have a lot of stuff on the books either. Uh, The Cubs were in the initial Otani sweepstakes. I think he would love living in Chicago. Um, I would love having him three hours away from me right now. And that being, you know, (laughs) my, my home. Um, But yeah, I I think if I had to pick one, if I had to throw it at the dartboard, I'm I'm shooting for San Francisco. I I could absolutely Otani as a San Francisco giant. Yeah, I I think. And honestly, I, I like that fit too, in the sense that like, if it goes to the Dodgers, that would suck. I mean, they, they got yeah. they got bets. They 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 got, got free. Freddie. They, yeah. they they don't need Shohei too. Um, uh, I think the Angels is just it's it's a little boring in the sense that he's just returning. But he goes to the Giants, and that changes everything for them. Um, uh, and we'll see if you know. Also, you have kind of a you know Barry Bonds was a Giant. Shohei Otani's a Giant. I don't know. So that that'd be a cool spot for sure. We shall see. Um, all right, games of the weekend to wrap. You like my Expos gear? I do like it. I do like it. We've got some great stuff coming up with Homage um, down the pipeline, but they have excellent, excellent merch. And this is soft as hell. Let me tell you that. So um, if you want to hold off and, and wait for, you know, your Just Baseball Homage collab, go right ahead and do that. If you want to double down with the Just Baseball stuff after you make your initial Homage purchase, go get it. But Homage Apparel, the link is in the episode description. Go check that shit out, man. Games of the weekend. I want to start in Cincinnati, and I'm honestly going to make a game-time decision. I might go to this game tonight. A.J. smith Shaver in the Atlanta Braves against the red-hot Cincinnati Reds at Great American Ballpark at 640. It's Luke Weaver on the hill for Cincinnati against smith Shaver. Is this A.J. smith Shaver's welcome to the big leagues moment and the Reds continue this insane run that they're on, or is this when Cincinnati runs into the Brave buzzsaw? You know, we just had – I think that it could be both. It could be, uh, you know, a, a tough start for A.J. there, and it could also be a game where the Braves win. They're the best home running t- best home run hitting, hitting team in baseball. Jeez, struggle with that one. There's an article we just had by Joey Peterson, a great read, uh, uh, where you just look at what they've done this year, what they've done since 2021 – the Braves playing in that ballpark, I expect a lot of fireworks. So I think the Braves maybe win the game, but uh, I think it's a high-scoring one. And a quick question for you as a follow-up, because yeah. uh, we just did a Who's Better episode on this today. I just want just a gut reaction from you. Brighter future, Reds, D-backs? Uh, Reds. I think that's the conclusion we came to, but you can watch a whole episode on that one with me and Elijah. Damn. Do you know how much... I just looked, by the way, because I was thinking about it. Do you know how much it is to like get a seat at Braves Reds tonight? Seventy-five. Yes, sixty-six dollars pre-taxes and fees. Seventy-five dollars to go to Great American Ballpark. This is a new team. Stand up, Cincinnati. This is for you. Clay said that he's gone to some games. The atmosphere has been incredible out there. So you, you should check it out, man. That's so splurge, splurge on that $66 ticket. You can afford it. Yeah, we'll see. You might just watch it on TV with my VPN, my virtual private network that can put go. me in, in Quebec and I can watch any game. Uh, all right. Seattle visits Baltimore. This is going to be a great weekend set. Logan Gilbert against Kyle Gibson on Friday. Who wins? Seattle's got to get it going, right? They have to. I, I think Seattle needs to have a big weekend here. So we'll, we'll go with uh, we'll go with the better pitcher by far in that matchup. Although Gibson's had a nice year. 
Yeah. Um, do you have Apple TV Plus? I do not. No. Well, you need it tonight. Mets Phillies mm. in Philly. Kodai Senga against uh, Taiwan Walker. The old revenge game for Taiwan. I think I can get it. We'll, we'll find a trial in there. We'll we'll find someone's email for a trial. Good. Um, what are you thinking? Mets Phillies. Who wins? Why? <laughs> Phillies. Okay. Because Mets. Because. Yeah. Good answer. Thank um. You. Last one on Friday. I've got Emmett Sheehan making his second start against JP France and the Houston Astros at 10, 10 tonight. What do we got? Houston seems to, to maybe be turning the corner a little bit. Yep. Hard to not pick Houston. Got you. Okay. Um, jump into Saturday, four Oh five first pitch Bryce Miller in Seattle against Dean Kramer in Baltimore. Dean Kramer, man. <laughs> He's got a four five, but it's He's a got four a- five. Got a four or five. Uh, Baltimore wins it, but not because of Dean Kramer. Okay. Uh, Slugfest, you think they're going to yeah. jump on Bryce Miller's fastball? Yeah, and it goes to the bullpen early enough that they can they can hold on to it. Got you. Okay. Uh, Cleveland, Milwaukee at 410. Freddie Peralta against Tanner Bybee. What's going Tanner on? Tanner Bybee. Tanner yeah. Bybee. Especially yeah. against against that, that Brewers team right now. Yeah. Give me Bybee and, and the guards. Uh, Bobby Miller coming off of a tough start last time against San Francisco, taking on the Astros. Ronel Blanco is going to start the game for Houston. I mean, they are scraping the bottom of the barrel. Houston is with their starting pitchers at this point. But do the Astros offense jump on Bobby? I don't know. Coming off a bad start, I think he's got the chops to, to turn it around quick. I think so, so too. We'll say the Dodgers. Um, the Pirates scored some runs yesterday. They haven't done much recently. Sunday at 140. How many runs do they score against Yuri Perez? Oof. Zero or one? <laughs> exactly where I was at. I was, that's literally my thought process. Zero or one. I'll go one. Okay. Connor uh, Joe gets an RBI double. Yeah. How about in London town with, with Aram Layton there? Marcus Stroman against Jack Flaherty at 10 a.m. on Sunday. I mean, that matchup, you would think it's Strowman, right? I would think it's Strowman. I mean, why wouldn't it be? Although, I feel like he's due for a bad start. And and if it would happen, it would be in London. It would be yeah. having having to deal with all of that, the, the travel and everything. He's been pretty comfortable all season. He's killing it in Wrigley. Go pitch in a different country, completely different ballpark, deal with jet lag and all that. Yeah, I feel like that guy, He's he's – He's probably optimized his like sleep. Like he's probably got this thermal thing going oh, on yeah. where he's like, I don't get hyperbolic you. chambers and all this different stuff. Yeah, he's and now and now he had to he had to you know be on a southwest flight for twelve hours. Yeah, exactly. Like he, he's on the charter. He's fine. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> so yeah, uh, give me give me Strowman in in London town on on Sunday morning. Uh, Scherzer and Wheeler at one thirty five. That's fun. Yeah. That's a that's a great matchup. Uh, I'm hoping it's a rubber match game. Yeah, and uh, you know Scherzer did pitch great the last time out. Went eight innings, would have had a complete game uh, if the Mets didn't you know explode on the Astros in, in the uh, the top of the ninth there. So maybe Scherzer's uh, got got a chance there. I will say, since Wheeler's gone over to the Phillies, it's been kind of a mixed bag. It's either great against the Mets or they kind of knock him out a little bit early. They drive up the pitch count. So we'll see. 
Got you. Um, TBD for the Texas Rangers on Sunday in the Bronx. Um, so I'm not going to ask you about a winner between the Rangers and Yankees. Garrett Cole will start against the Rangers on Sunday afternoon at 135. How many runs does Cole allow to the Texas Rangers? Three. Three. In seven innings? Six. Six innings. Okay. Still a quality start, but like really, you know, kind of at the bottom of the quality start total. And, and then the, and maybe the Yankees got to like hold on with their bullpen and it's, it's pretty nerve wracking. Got you. Uh, all right. Last one. Sunday night baseball. Hunter Brown and the Astros in L.A. against Tony Gonsolin, Cat Guy, and the L.A. Dodgers. Who wins? Why? Ryan Finkelstein. I think the Astros win the series. So if I got if I got Bobby Miller taking uh, that second game there, I got to have the Astros with the last one. Yep. So you got all right. You got J.P. France hitting Emmett Sheehan on Friday. You've got Bobby Miller winning on Saturday. And then you've got Hunter Brown beating Gonsolin on Sunday. Interesting stuff, man. Just baseball show presented by BetMGM. Every link you need is in the episode description. Again, join our uh, So Rare League uh, and check out the sweet stuff at Homage. If you want to join me on the Expos grind, you can join me on the Expos grind. Ryan, appreciate you. Um, obviously have to plug everything that just baseball.com has cooking an excellent, excellent staff of writers that is pumping out quality shit day in and day out. And you and Leo Morgan Stern have been, uh, the conductors of the best orchestra in baseball media. Appreciate that. Appreciate that for sure. All right, guys, we will talk to you on Monday with our friend Walker Bueller.